Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm very blessed um, to have spiritual family, natural family, and obviously heaven family as Abba as my dad. So, um, but anyway, I just just tell you, I'll catch you up to speed. You know, there's a lot of newer face here that hasn't been running with us, but maybe a few months or a year. But um, Leif Hetland, we were in a really challenging season of our life, and um, I got invited from a friend in Indiana to to go check out this guy who's called the Apostle of Love. And I hadn't heard of his name, hadn't, didn't know who he was. We had just kind of started dabbling in some of the stream and some of the speakers that we now know and are close to. But uh, anyway, I was like, man, I really don't have time. Mom just di died of cancer. We were building this church, adjusting, transition. Nicole and I were uh, working in as the senior leaders here, which January 1st will be five years. And we're honored by that. Some of you are like, Rachel's like, whoa, time flies when you're having fun, folks. So, um, so anyway, just a challenging time. We told him no, and then we prayed about it, and God just kind of redirected our path over there. And uh, I received uh, just an impartation from the Father that I had never experienced before with the Father's love and had the power, had the fire, had baptism of spirit, you know, all these great, wonderful things that I wouldn't want to live without. But it's kind of dangerous if you're not living on the love side, too. So it got this balance of at least my personal life at that time. And, and um, so we come back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it changed our ministry, saved my life. I was actually um, on a bed with a gun just prior to that, um, thinking of ending my life, just totally burnt out, just crispy, done with ministry, done with life, a lot of things going on. And um, it totally saved my life, saved our ministry, probably saved our marriage again. Uh, God's been really faithful with that. So we're on a good track now, though. It's like, man, we're more in love now than ever. But anyway. So, uh, and I'm, I come back, I'm like, man, we've got to get him to come to our church. So he came back about a year later and in August. And um, I just remember we, we, we moved into covenant and moved into a really tight relationship. And, and I'm proud to call him a spiritual father of mine. And um, so anyways, but with me saying that, and we use the words family and covenant, for me, I want the whole package. All right, I'm not going to just settle to say, okay, me and you will have this cool relationship while our families are at home and we're doing our thing. And so I wanted the whole package. So I called him. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'd love for my wife to meet your wife. And uh, please, can we work this out? Please. So um, they were gracious. And, and um, now what we know about them, it was a big honor for them to open up our home, uh, their home to us. And um, because they've, they've been in this so long and there's so many people that want, 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 want. And um, so... We go, we meet them, and I'll just never forget this. I told the same story 9 a.m., but I'll never forget this. The door shut in the car, picking us up from the airport. And Jennifer, you know, Nicole's in front. I'm in the back seat, and um, I'm usually kind of quiet with new people. And she's like, all right, you guys want the real thing? And do you want to call us family, or do you just want us to put on a show and, and be fake? And I'm like, I'm leaping for joy. I'm like, I want real. I want so real. And that's exactly what we got with the whole family, with the girls. And we were honored to have Katie here for about a month, uh, a few months ago. And so she's just so genuine. But I'll be honest, like, they have been such an integral part of our family. You know, not just Leigh, but Jennifer, the girls, their whole world. And uh, it has just upgraded us so much. And we're so honored to have them here. And she filled me in. She's like, it's Christmas time. And we don't tell anybody yes. Pretty much like you're special, so we're glad to be here this weekend, but it means you're special because it's Christmas time, and I'd rather be home. 
but not for here. So anyways, without further ado, close family uh, with honor. Let's welcome them with honor, stand, applaud. <laughs> Jennifer Hetland. No, this is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Told the first service when I when I have the opportunity to speak. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story you might not want to know, but once upon a time in a fairyland far, far away called Georgia, um, we're having a discussion at the breakfast table about speakers and speaking and burnout and you know life, right? Real life, real life, and. I remembered asking the question, when did it stop being fun? Bill Johnson asks, where did you lose your peace? Go back to where you lost your peace. That's where Jesus is. But my question was, when did it stop being fun? And I believe the answer is, it shouldn't. So when I have the opportunity or the privilege to share with people who are willing to actually sit in a seat and listen to hopefully what God has placed in my heart to share, I am overwhelmed with honor and joy. It makes my heart happy. And today, it's not just you or me. It's we. Right? I'm not in this alone. You're not in this alone. And this morning, I want to talk to you about wonder and expectancy. Get it? We? Wonder? Expectancy. Everybody in here know how to spell? Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. So it's we, wonder and expectancy. So as I was thinking about what to share today, um, you know sometimes when you're in ministry you have these little wrapped up nicely with a bow sermons or teachings. This isn't wrapped up exactly tackily. I got it two nights ago. So if I referred to my notes, I would appreciate a bit of grace because if not, I'll lose my place. And then I'll tell you more stories that don't have Jack Diddley squat to do with anything. But me. <laughs> anyway. So I literally sat in the, in the bed two nights ago and started writing some things down. And, and, and I did get the words wonder and expectancy. We're in the third week of Advent. I love this time of year. I love that we are allowed and even encouraged to remember, to have a spirit of expectancy and wonder. And if you have the opportunity to hang out with children at all, oh my goodness, they're so cool. They wonder about everything. Why, what, how? And when Aaron was sharing about the little YouTube viral video that's been going around about the sheep who stole baby Jesus out of the manger, all you have to do is Google on YouTube, sheep steals baby Jesus. You'll get the video. And it hit me this morning, of course a sheep needs to take care of the lamb. Right? This little sheep. Now she was just, she needed to love that baby. So the little sheep steals baby Jesus and she stands and she just loves baby Jesus. And Mary got a bit upset. And that's when the video really gets fun. The fight between Mary and the sheep. So go look it up later when you get the chance. The other thing I wanted to refer to just a smidge was this Reckless Love of God song. 
I don't know why I ever put on makeup to go to church. I don't understand. I will get black circles. Even if you wear waterproof, it flakes somehow because you're crying so much. But this song, the imagery in this song, and when I dance, I want to get those walls down and wah! And I think about, now you're going to laugh, maybe, maybe you won't. When he leaves the, you know, he comes after the one and leaves the 99 behind, right? I used to worry about them. <laughs> like, Jesus, you left them. And to go chase after one stupid little sheep that doesn't know they need to stay with the flock. And I was nervous about those that were left behind. But you know what? He didn't leave them alone. They had each other. And aren't you glad Jesus went after the one? And then when he says he climbs mountains coming after us, and we are so human. We think that's what he has to do, and he actually just goes, I gotcha. I gotcha. He created the mountains. He knows where we are. And at times, he might hide you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with himself. What a glorious place to be, but don't shove me in the rock. Not God, people. But hide me in the cleft of his rock. So the imagery in this music, the things that we understand about who God is, the wonder, the expectancy, at this time of the year, how can you not look heavenward and say, what's next, Dad? What's next? I've been attending Andy Stanley's church for a little bit now. And the Sunday after Thanksgiving, so Thursday we have Thanksgiving, Sunday morning, Andy's getting ready to speak. And he said, how did we in such a short amount of time, literally one day, if you're a Black Friday shopper, maybe not even a whole day, if you guys had stores open up here on Thursday night, which I think just is so wrong. Give it some time. Stay with your family. But I meant like, I'm not condemning, sorry. That's just my personal opinion. But... How in that short span of time but did we go from being grateful to being discontent? And Andy, he said, um, last Sunday I asked my wife to collect all of the catalogs that come in the mail this week. You know, you open your mailbox and even if you don't want junk mail, you get junk mail. Or you ever ordered anything from anywhere, you get their catalogs. And then they sell your name to somebody who thinks you might want these things too. So he had a stack of catalogs on his desk, probably 12 inches tall, in one week. And he said, these are telling me I need pottery for a barn I don't even own. These are telling me I'm not happy without. And in such a short amount of time, we went from... We are so grateful, Father God. We're so thankful, Father God. Those of us who are believers, even the world says thank you for fill in the blank. How in such a short amount of time did that happen? So as we're looking forward to being full of wonder and expectancy, we are going to go to Luke today. Surprise! No surprise. But we're going to focus a little bit more on the beginning of Luke 1. Because fairly often in this season... We skip to baby Jesus, which is fabulous and wonderful and absolutely the reason for the season. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Zacharias today. You okay with that? Because that came first. John was a forerunner. So we're going to start in Luke 1. In verse 3, Dr. Luke, 
I told the early service, I wonder if he had those three letters beside his MD, like OCD. Um, because he had such an attention to detail. If you really want to see the detail of the, of the life of Christ, we go to Luke. And that's why we do Luke's version of the coming of Christ. But in verse 3, he says, It seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning. So he's investigated everything carefully. Attention to detail. Like, when I came in today, this beautiful tree... It just said yes to me. I came inside the lights, the trees, the beauty. This says come into our home. We're beautiful people. We love beautiful things. And we take care of each other well. And I think Luke had those little letters maybe attached to his name because he says... Having investigated everything carefully from the beginning so that you, 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 we may know the exact truth. Now, anybody that isn't offended by those three letters would actually probably put them in proper order, which would be C-D-O, which is alphabetical. So I'm not really sure who decided they should be O-C-D. So... Thanks. That was, yeah, that was kind of a mercy lap, but I appreciate it. All right. So the story begins with Zacharias and Elizabeth. And they are accounted and attributed righteous and walking blameless before God. Elizabeth was barren. If you've ever studied any kind of biblical history or even cultural history of that time, it's... It's almost pitiful to say, but the greatest value a woman had was to procreate, to have children. So to be barren, even among people who loved them, other women would consider her, oh, poor Elizabeth, you know, she's barren. So there was a stigma attached to it. We read that word and we don't fully understand how painful that was for Elizabeth. But she was considered righteous and blameless before God. Zacharias was a priest. If you studied Levitical teaching, being a priest, not an easy job, right? You wear linen, not wool. You do this, you don't do that. They tie a rope to your ankle in case you did it wrong. And God's a, they drag your, you know, bones out because you messed up, you know. So being a priest wasn't always easy. But Zacharias knew the law, and he was chosen. The verse says, Zacharias was a priest, and he went in to perform his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. So we see, number one, barrenness. Number two, advanced in age. And number three, doing things in order. His job. How many of you in your day-to-day -day doing of your job, it becomes just that? I'm up. I'm getting the kids ready for school. I'm fixing breakfast. I'm getting them out the door. I'm doing whatever the rest of the part of our day is. And we get caught up in the normal, and sometimes we forget to look for and even find Jesus in our normal. And here is a priest 
a priest of the one true God going to work. So he comes into the, the temple. It's his turn to offer the incense before God. And we're going to turn pages here. And in verse 11, an angel appears. <laughs> He's a priest. And an angel appears in the Holy of Holies. He's preparing incense before God. And verse 2 says, Zacharias was troubled and fear gripped him. I think I would have been a bit nervous as well. That right there, I'd be on the floor. And it wouldn't be under the power of the Holy Spirit. It would be under the ha ha ooh, ooh, ooh. And the angel spoke. I don't know which would have made me worse, just him being there or him actually, ah. And again, Zacharias is like, oh, dude, you know. How many times have you received a prophetic word and you do like Zacharias? You know, you're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because he says, Zacharias, your petition has been heard by God. And I looked up the word petition, you know, because we sign petitions to get people to do what we want them to do. But the petition is a request or a supplication. And that word supplication carries weight. It is not just a, can I have a piece of candy, please? It is, I need this. And the angel of the Lord says, your petition has been heard and will be granted. When you get a prophetic word or you've heard something and you know God has planted it in your spirit... But you're just like, ah, I don't know. David Wagner prophesied over me that I would return to my Baptist roots and be speaking to women. And I'm like, I'm not sure I really want to do that. We got kicked out of the Baptist church. Um, the other part, I didn't really want to be Sarah. Because you read these stories and you go, I would never laugh at God when they say I'm going to have a baby in my old age. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would. You'd be like, dude, there ain't nothing happening here. I'm like shooting into menopause. We're, you know. This was before pharmaceuticals, you know. Like, there was nothing to help nobody. No way, no how. Only God. So when I hear this word, there's a tiny piece of me that goes, <laughs> yeah, how's that ever going to happen? Well, this January, I'm speaking to my mother's Baptist women's group. And when I got the phone call, I'm like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> How do I bring the Holy Spirit without telling them? My daughters and I get together sometimes, and we're not always nice. I mean, we are always nice in public. No, we're not. We're not. But we got together, and I'm like, I'm just going to walk in, and, you know, Shaba! Shikilinina! Hi-hi-yo! And they're either going to think, the Cherokee gone cray-cray, or, oh, no, she didn't. Mm-mm. Hazel, did you know she was packing today? But what do they think? No, anyway. So there are times we hear those words of the Lord and God love him, Zacharias. I mean, it's an angel in front of you, physically in front of you, and you go, how do I know it's true? <laughs> and this is Gabriel. 
this isn't like one of the little flight of feet angels, you know. The Gabriel of whom we heard earlier spoke to a young lady. And Gabriel goes, dude, guess what? I don't know if he called him dude. You won't speak from this day until the baby comes. I know many husbands that would like the angel of the Lord to do that to their wives. <laughs> or vice versa. And so for nine months, he couldn't speak. And in this visitation of this beautiful angel Gabriel, he says, you will have a son and you will name him John. And read what is prophesied over this baby even before he's conceived. Did you know you carried the greatest value you will ever carry before you were born? Let that sink in just a minute. When you were in God's heart and mind, you had already the greatest value. And you hadn't done one thing. Not one thing. When I was pregnant with our children, I wanted to be a mama. I was nine years old and told my teacher in fifth grade, I'm going to be a mom. And she said, well, you're going to have to marry a rich man. Because that's hard to do, to be a stay-at-home mom. I said, well, we're not rich, and my mom stays home. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember being that cheeky with many teachers, but I did it with her. So I was 27 before I became a mom. And with all four of my beautiful children, I threw up for three months. I'm sorry, that's disgusting. But it happened. Things happened to my body, my mind, my spirit, my soul, as these beings were growing inside of me. Right? Stuff happens. Things stretch that never stretch back. Things happen to other things that you think, I'm glad they invented products for that. Seriously, we're getting real here, you know? I think they thought my bladder was a toy. It's the only toy they had. Let's just stomp on it, kick it around. I'm going to throw it to the next sibling who's not even in here yet. I think they wrote on the walls of my uterus and left notes for each other. You know, it's like, it's a cool place. You don't want to leave, I promise. You know, just stay in there a month extra because that's what she likes. Nobody wanted to come out on their due date. I knew it was just a guesstimate but you get it in your head. They're coming. They're not. And they're still not. With this youngest one on the front row, I broke two toes the week before she was born. Because I slid down the stairs in Norway. We're going to go feed the ducks because we got to do something. Mom's going crazy. And I broke my toes. I got to go to the ER. And there was a really horrible accident, so I sat propped, pregnant and propped in the ER. I was so relaxed, because <laughs> I wasn't with the other three children at that point. <laughs> they stick a needle in my foot. Do you know how many nerves you have in your feet? And the doctors, God love them, they go, we should probably operate. You shattered one of these toes. You broke the other one in two places. How do you break a pinky toe? And I don't think it has two places to break. So 
I get to deliver with a soft cast. One week later, like I'm thinking this trauma should get this kid out. No! And then the birth. Any of you ever heard my husband speak about big baby, big push, little baby, little push? And he goes, ask my wife. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't know jack about it. <laughs> he thinks he does because he was there, but he doesn't know. That in transition, the only name that comes from these lips is Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm going to die. I am just going to die right here because this is hard. And then the baby comes. Do you think I took any of those children of mine that God entrusted to me and went, do you know what you did to my body? <laughs> no. They gave them to me. <laughs> it was like, oh, yes, this is so good. And God feels that way about you. You were in his heart before you were born. You're in his heart now. And all the words that were spoken to Zacharias about John, the first one, John's life is ordained. Many will rejoice at his birth. This is a verse 14 through 17 if you're following along. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink no wine or liquor. He will be filled with the spirit in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the sons of Israel back to God. He will be a forerunner and turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Now, I just told you my mama's story. I believe partially because of that and because we have the opportunity, if you will. I know it's hard. I'm not belittling that. But we get to carry these youngins, get to love on them, nurture them, that sort of thing. And I think there's an aspect that in this land, when the hearts of the fathers have turned back to their children. Because it's hard to be a man. You know, in the fall, in the garden, not only did sin enter, I believe the worst four-letter word in the English vocabulary entered, fear. You go back to the garden and imagine, at that point, Adam was... Possibly. Now, see, I do conjecture. I don't do theological teaching, thus saith in Hebrew, okay? I do imagination. But I can imagine Adam being fearful. This woman's gotten me in trouble once, and it's just going to keep happening. I need to have a little more control. And for Eve, the fear that I kind of made this happen, and I don't know if he's ever truly going to want to love me or protect me. So we read again. He will be a forerunner and turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. I think healing in the land will come. Not only when fathers have returned their hearts to the children, but also the mamas. God created two to parent. And it takes two to parent. The strengths of the fathers, the softness of the mothers, and vice versa. Sometimes mamas have to be hard. I thought for a season that my job was to protect right? As a hen gathers her little chickens. I even at times felt like I had to protect them from God because it didn't seem like God was really looking out for these kids. They got buffeted. 
They got stomped on a little bit. They got judged. You know, being in Christian service, it's not that it's particularly its own thing, but it can be at times. And the Lord had to bring me to a place of, no, 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 you're a mama eagle, not a chicken. So your job as a mama is to equip those little eaglets to get them ready to fly. So it takes both at different times, different strengths, different weaknesses. We continue on with Zacharias. And we already talked about him becoming mute. And if you follow along in that story, when the time for John's birth came, you know, people show up, families, friends. And so the baby's born. Elizabeth says his name will be John. Everybody's like, wait a minute. You don't have anybody in the family by that name. I don't. I thought you'd name him Zacharias after his dad. So they go to the dad, you know. And Zacharias, nine months mute, you know, he's like really good at pointing and motioning now. And he says, give me a tablet. Uh, give me a tablet. Like he just points to one, I guess, and he says, bring it over here. And he writes, his name shall be John. And then the people were amazed. What I think is really cool was Elizabeth knew it already. But the confirmation came once the dad said it was good. I'm like, you guys, she, she said it first. Y'all should have been amazed just at that. But the amazing part was here this man couldn't speak for nine months, and he put it down. And they were amazed at what God was doing and what he was going to do with this child. So we have the little story a little bit later when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and she's pregnant with John. We're going to back up a minute. And the baby leapt within her womb. And there was another confirmation of the power and the empowering of the Holy Spirit that we all get to have. So sometimes when you see these stories and these great announcements, I was thinking about it yesterday without being too maudlin. When you sing the song or hear the song, Mary, did you know? Did she know? Did Elizabeth know? Did Elizabeth know what her little boy was going to go through one day? And the grace for both of those mamas to be okay with God when those things happen. And I think it's fun to get excited about Christmas, but there's also this aspect of our world, of our walk with God. Can I love you even so? Will I honor you? Will I continue to even allow it to happen? You know, we'd know that Mary took these things and pondered them in her heart and said, let it be so. But as mamas, even as fathers, to know that your child would go through what they went through for us at this season. So may we never, never lose our wonder. Our expectancy. Um, I shared with you a little bit of Andy Stanley. He started a thing for the church called Be Rich. And they took the verse out of 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 17. And it says, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Verse 18, Instruct them to do good, 
That almost sounds like bad English, right? To be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Paul was writing to the early church. We're talking, we forget that sometimes, that there were people who didn't really know who Jesus was, like really didn't, like really, really, really didn't. We live in a world where even non-believers know of Jesus. So Paul is teaching the first generation church, these are our guidelines now. They had been so focused on law that this new thing of law having been fulfilled through Jesus, instead of focusing on the love of law, now they're focusing on the law of love. Right? So Paul's educating them. And he's telling them things like, this is what you need to focus on. And I know this home, this house, Aaron shared with me this weekend, even the sweat equity that went into the building of this home, that you all are already doing this. But I believe you will never lose your wonder or your expectancy when you continue to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. I don't think you'll ever go lacking when that's your focus. And may you never lose your wonder in the day-to-day, everywhere you go. I was so overwhelmed with the generosity of a father that I, I literally left going, who can I bless next? Paul says, if I have food and I have clothing, I am content. So I started 25 days of contentment. Every single day, who can I bless? What brings me contentment? And if it's things, they'll go. You came into this world with nothing, and you will leave with nothing. But what will you leave behind? What will the words be spoken of you millenniums away? They say of Elizabeth and Zacharias, they were righteous and blameless before God. What will be spoken of you when you're gone? Would it be that they pursued love so well that anyone that came in touch with them knew that they were special? That they loved so well that it was never the things. We like nice things, okay? We want to drive a car that works. Andy shared one Sunday, he said, I'm going to tell you young people something that you won't believe. My parents used to use things till they broke. His father-in-law had an old, I, I guess it's okay to say iPhone, Ella, cell phone. And the young people, the grandchildren and the daughters-in-laws were like, get a new one. Come on, because the battery wasn't charging anymore. You know what his father-in-law did? He took it apart. Found a battery on somewhere bay and put it back in his phone and kept using his phone. And everybody's like, get a new phone. You can afford a new phone. Had nothing to do with money. Why? It still works. He needed a bracket to put a camera for his um, storage units. He was going to order one. It was going to take too long to come in. He took a license plate, bent it, screwed it up to the wall, and put his camera up there. Like, we've lost the wonder sometimes. 
So may we never lose our wonder. We have eight days left till Christmas. Only eight. When Nicole mentioned yesterday, yesterday it was nine. Keep up with the math. She said, we've only got nine days till Christmas. I went, whoa, whoa. And you know, we know how much time it is from one Christmas to the next. But we find ourselves going, did I get a present for everybody? I've only got a week left. But our focus this year in my household is, who will you bless? Who will you bless this week? We, for the most part, and there are poor among us, there are needy, there are homeless, but I already know you guys are doing that well. I see it on Instagram, the upper room Instagram. I follow it. Y'all are doing so well, but individually, never lose your wonder. And like I told Aaron, I never know how to finish these things, so I just say I'm done. Thank you. Bye. never received an applause, a standing ovation, just to close a service. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Um, hey, let's close this thing. All right, just stand with me. You can stay standing. We're... <sighs> you could use the extra squats and exercise, Brett. You'll be all right. All right. Let's just close this. There's, there's a verse that comes to mind as, as she was speaking and uh, just through today. You know, may us never lose our wonder, our expectancy in the true meaning of Christmas. And there's a verse, John 10, 10, it says with the, uh, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give what? Life and life what? Abundantly. So Jesus came to the earth not just to, that we can get presents this time of year or, or make really cool cookies with really nice little decorations on them, but he came to the earth that we can have life and life abundantly, eternal life and life, heaven on earth life. So, so that's the thing. And I know some people here, we've had a trying year. There's been deaths. There's been illness. There's been attacks. There's been marital issues, financial issues, job issues. And one of the things we're just going to close with in prayer is that what the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus is going to not only give life and life abundantly, but restore it twofold. That 2018 is going to be a year of restoration, a year of reconciliation, a year of abundance, a year of blessing. So can you just put your hands on your heart? All right, God, uh, we just receive this right now. Lord, what the enemy's tried to steal, kill, and destroy, what he's done, the attacks, even death, God, what he's meant for destruction, you will turn and use it for good. We just declare your glory on it, your favor on it, your blessings, your increase. We pray for hundredfold blessings right now in this place. And we pray that we don't lose our wonder. We don't lose our expectancy. And God, whatever has been lost, if we've lost those things, or joy, or health, or any other things, purity, God, you restore it twofold in the name of Jesus right now. We thank you for that. We bless you. May your face shine upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, can you do me a favor? All right, we're going to stretch our hands out in a moment to Katie and Jennifer. We're going to bless them as they go. Um, but I, I just wanted to just let you guys just leave encouraged that um, Katie and Jennifer, Katie especially, you're not anybody's shadow. You're your own person. When, the, when God shines his face on you, there are no shadow, shadows in front of you. 
It's only your face. So, so anyways, you're not in anybody's shadow, and you guys are so unique, so different, so good, and so amazing. And uh, you're better than you think you are, and you're a blessing to everybody around you. So thanks for being real. Thanks just for being raw and honest with yourself and to others. And thank you for not putting on a show ever. We thank you for that. It means so much to us. It means so much to me. You know, in your speaking, in your worship, thank you for not putting on a show to be the perfect minister's wife or the perfect minister's daughter. It doesn't exist. So thanks for being you. Um, so can we just put our uh, hands towards them? If you're around, you can put your hands on them. They like it. Depends who, but yes, they typically like it. All right. God, we just, we pray for their entire family. God, right now, we just bless their entire family. We bless their homes. We, we bless uh, Lila and uh, Rayvon right now. We just, wherever they are, God, just however they need to be touched, we just pray that you wreck them with your reckless love. For Leif Emmanuel and Emily in Nashville, God, we just bless them right now. Encounter them, dreams, visions, angelic visitations right now. We just bless them. However it is they need it, whatever it is they might need, God, right now. If there's hurts, if there's issues, God, right now you just bring healing, hope, and life to them right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for Courtney and her future journeys, God. And, and if that consists of Norway, God, we pray for that nation. We bless that nation. And we bless her as she goes. We bless her, God. Just continue to, to flow creativity in her. God, right now, and Leif, as he's at home, God, we just pray that he'll be full of rest, full of just goodness and joy and life, God, and just bless him in his travels and everywhere he goes, God. God, we just thank you for him. We just pray for just abundance in his life. We also pray for Katie right now. Katie, as there's transitions in her life and there are things that, that you're working out, God, that you open the right doors, you close the wrong ones. And God, you just breathe on her, breathe life into her, breathe hope into her, and just your goodness, your love, God. Radical love, radical love. And Jennifer, God, Mama Bear, God, we thank you for Jennifer, and we just bless her right now. We thank you, as she's a blessing to so many lives and homes. And God, I just, I thank you for her bluntness. I thank you for how you've created her, and I just pray that her words will penetrate hearts the way you need it. Bring it with your power and your love, God. We thank you, Jesus. And we just pray goodness over them and so much favor and awesomeness. In Jesus' name, amen.